1: It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all,
2: it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas.
1: Does Monday at the office feel like a storm? Not with Microsoft Copilot. That feeling when Copilot gets everyone up to speed instantly? It's sunny again.
2: Yo, what is up guys, this is Nick Meadowlinas. I am the first international guest on the next episode of the Kicks A Cheat Show. Make sure you check it out.
1: it's good everybody we are back it is your boy Gerard and your girl Gabby episode 77 of the kicks and shit show yeah see you're I'm the the, the day that I busted out we're it's taking just, a moment of silence <laughs> bah, 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 bah. It, it's, it's just going to surprise <laughs> you but this is episode 77 it is our Luka Doncic episode right I mean we're right. out here mm-hmm. in these holiday streets Gabby where in the world are you today
0: uh, your girl's cold. I'll put it that way. <laughs>
1: back happy. on the east coast. Let me tell
0: you. Let me tell you. Don't get me wrong. What a beautiful time of year it is. This is my favorite time of year. Like fall sports leading up into like the beautiful holidays in New York. But I've been able to feel my toes since I got back. So this is, you know, I'm I'm only wearing one pair of pants right now, and it's not even that cold. I think like you You're, wouldn't know I grew up in Jersey. Right. Your based brain, your, your body's just so Vegas used to now. Temperature. Yeah.
1: Yeah, you you're you're I'm, you're, you're uh, a full Vegas. You're a full you're a full Vegas lady now. Listen, I I almost I even
0: that. I I want to say I drive. I was also in Atlanta. <laughs> I, I mean, in but, California, but
1: Vegas is really your second home, and I feel like you know you're, you're starting to forget some of your yes. New York teams. I feel like you're out here, Vegas Raiders, Vegas Golden Knights. I mean, you know, I'm just saying, you know. <laughs>
0: I'm sorry. I'm ah, On the record, I'm messing with on you. On the record, I'm messing
1: with you. I know you're done. I'm just. And
0: by the way, we are recording this when I have literally just told Drew to have Nick's Lakers tickets for tomorrow night. So your girl gonna be back at the Garden. It's gonna be a vibe.
1: Not but, seeing LeBron, but that's okay. <laughs> no,
0: whatever. It's fine. Because you don't I've like LeBron anyway.
1: <laughs> no, I've seen him
0: enough. He's fine. Um, said literally only me.
1: Yeah, like everybody else. I mean, but, I, um, I mean, I'm, I mean I'm, it's whatever. It's. Sorry, yeah. Jenna. But um, <laughs> Jenna's so angry right now. She's Jenna's like in her apartment, literally, like, <laughs> getting
0: the, the wavelengths of this conversation. But no, I mean, I, I love New York sports, and I will always be a New York fan. But as you know, and mm-hmm. maybe our listeners don't know, but I'm somebody who travels for sports as well, right? Mm-hmm. So, like, your girl has to go to Cleveland for sneaker con in a couple of Cavaliers!
1: Weeks.
0: The Browns are also home. The Cavs <laughs> aren't home, unfortunately, when oh. I'm there. But the Browns are home, so, like, I might try to go... Freeze my a little, little. chi off and go see some football. Get,
1: head, head to the, uh, the Dog pound, see the little, little Cleveland right. Browns. <laughs> 100%.
0: I'm, I might be going to Seattle in a couple weeks.
1: The Kraken.
0: I know. I'm very intrigued. I like this expansion league for hockey. I know we don't talk about <laughs> hockey that much, but the whole expansion is very fascinating. It's like, let me see who I like on all the teams and kind of pick people I mean... who are already in the league. I mean, it's not like you're taking the best players, but these are people that are already proven to know how to play NFL uh, NHL-level hockey.
1: And, you know, listen, expansion is all about the league needing more money. I mean, it might be fascinating from a fan standpoint, but this is a pure straight money grab by the leagues being like, damn, we need some cash infusion. Let's expand. My oh, thing like- about expansion is I don't love it because it waters down the product, right? It's like, great. Now we have two more teams that are terrible. Like, I just, that's not my jam. I love having teams that are elite. My thing is... I'm all for contraction. How about we get rid of some teams, right? Like, I'm down with that.
0: <laughs> who would you get rid of, Gerard? I would love to know more. I'm, I'm into this idea. But...
1: <laughs> in the NHL or in, or, in any, or in any sport?
0: Any sport. Like, who are you voting off the island?
1: <laughs> so NBA, look, man. So I think, I think 30 is exactly the right amount. So I'm not necessarily, necessarily uh, extra, uh, contracting. But listen, the Pelicans, yo. New Orleans just ain't hot for you right now. New Orleans, by the way, to be clear. One of my favorite cities domestically. I love New Orleans. New Orleans don't care about basketball. The Pelicans are like fifth behind like LSU baseball. Okay. Like it's yeah, just. To
0: that nation. Absolutely. Yeah,
1: right. It's Saints. It's 100%. LSU football. It's everything else LSU. Oh, yeah. Pelicans maybe. So why don't you move the Pelicans up to Seattle who need their team back. Shout out Sonics.
0: <laughs> Wait. <laughs> You know, so before we started recording this show, I was saying to Dra, like, we were talking about manifestation, right? I very much believe in what you put out there
3: Mm -hmm, comes
0: mm -hmm. back to you. In some form or another, it might not be immediate. Like, if I say, I'm going to make a bold bet and say, the Pelicans are going to Vegas to be the NBA team there. (laughs) I'm calling it here now. You heard it first. All right. It's going to happen tomorrow. But I think if any – Vegas needs a team. You know that Golden State isn't going there. I mean, no. we can rob Oakland of every other team that they have, but – No, Golden
1: State's not going there. Golden State's um, not going.
0: Anything.
1: And Golden State's in San Francisco now anyway in a brand-new arena, so they're staying. I'm trying no, to I, think-
0: I mean, they're not going, but I feel like if someone – if a team is going to Vegas, right. I'd put my money on the Pelicans. I mean, I would love to see a, a Seattle Supersonics reboot. Yeah, bring back Gary the Glove, a little Sean Kemp mm-hmm. action for those alumni games. Would love to see it, but I think – Vegas is where I'm going to bet my money if I had to. Oh,
1: I mean, they're, they're, look, that, I mean, that's duh. Like, that's, that's for sure where the NBA will expand to. Like, that's not, a guess. Like, like, of course. Uh, but again, I just, please don't water down this product. Like, it's, you know, it. it's just, no. Like, they'll tell you, oh, it'll make competition better because now you won't be able to have three stars on a team. Blah, 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 I'm like, listen, man. Uh,
0: like, they met the NBA. They
1: still will be able to. I was going to say, the, the good teams, and the teams that have money will still find a way. Because the problem you have in the NBA uh, – Jesus Christ, uh, Cabby
0: is – I take that as a compliment. <laughs> <laughs> the,
1: you, you have a lot of cities that are not necessarily attractive for young, rich men who are single to live in. Right? Like, so it's like, you know – they're like, San Antonio, I'm good. <laughs> like, I mean, San right?
0: I will say, San Antonio is a surprising nice city. So I'm surprised that's the one that you yeah. went
1: after. It, it's like, uh, it's just it's one ahead. of the first ones that came up. But it's like, you know, Oklahoma City, like, nah, I'm good. You know what I mean? Like, they're just certain spots. They, again, you know, Chicago, Denver is cool. You know, any of the California teams. Uh, I mean, Sacramento's a little rough, but, you know, at least you're not. I mean, you got money, so you're not too far away from from San Francisco. Um, of course, the New York team's work. Detroit, Cleveland, I mean, you know. Eh, but right. I mean, it's just about
0: where there's opportunity, right? Like, you knew LeBron was going to either retire in L.A. or New York, and it had nothing to do with basketball. I mean, maybe a <laughs> little bit of basketball legacy, but most of it was what happens afterwards. I mean, I wasn't surprised to see OBJ go out to L.A. The Rams. You know, like. Victor Cruz is Victor Cruz, not only based on his football, but because he was a footballer in New York, which gives him access. He also is a handsome man, was great on the field, and very stylish. (laughs) Got some salsa moves, too. you You think of Victor Cruz... I'm not even going to say it because I love Victor Cruz. But if you think <laughs> if he was in another market that was like a secondary city, do right, you pro- think that he would be salsaing his way into New York Fashion Week? I think not my Maybe friend.
1: not Fashion Week. I mean, because the NFL is so different because it's only a, a weekly sport, like he still may be relevant, but like not in the way I think you're right about New York. Totally. Um, but anyway, these are all fascinating conversations we're having. But Gabby, we have to, uh, you know, move things forward because we have a special guest coming up. Someone from the world of the NBA, um, their digital uh, content creator, sneakerhead, just an all-around cool individual. Looking forward to chatting with this person, and you guys stay tuned. What's good, everybody? We are back. Gabby, we're not alone. We are joined by a man who, you know, I met this dude at Barclays Center, and all of a sudden, I'm like, man, who's got that? ass australian accent like what the turn around i'm like look at this guy tatted up i'm like he's funny he's got jokes i'm like he's got some wild takes this guy is cool he's a digital journalist you might have seen him on espn australia in the past you might have seen him do stuff with nba with sporting news nba like all kinds of different places he has a digital show out right now called the last shot he is live from australia folks down under nick Medellinos, what's up man
2: yeah, what's happening, guys?
1: Yeah. Happening? yeah. <laughs> <laughs> can, yes, Nick, 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 Nick is also <laughs> missing New York, as you can tell by his year. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah.
2: I, I was
3: actually watching
2: Jesus and Mero last night, too, as so I
1: was just That's like, the you know, all the memories were
2: coming. Back. <laughs> so, so how, how are, are you, man? International guest on
1: here? <laughs> yes, Am you I are. The first, I'm the first international
2: guest. You, you certainly yeah. are. on Global. And gang. Hello. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Nick like is Nick is awesome man. This guy is like uh <laughs> he's just he's done so many different things in the world of journalism, sports, NBA, just everything. Of course he's a sneaker guy, which is why we got him on the pod. But Nick, I really want to start with first of all, how are things in Australia right now?
2: Um we we're, we're getting back to, to normal. Like we went through like I don't know if you guys heard yeah, about it over yeah, there, yeah. through like heavy lockdowns. Um so we went through like six of them, actually, um, and the most recent one was two, 10 weeks, and we just got out of that about three, we're close to four weeks now, uh, so life is just starting to get back to, like it's weird because when you guys, I mean obviously we know what happened in America, like there was, you know, countless lives mm-hmm. and all that sort of stuff, and we were like okay down here, you know, we didn't really have many cases, then we locked down, we got down to like zero cases and we opened back up again. So when we opened back up again and you guys were still sort of like kind of locked down and there was restrictions or whatever was happening, we were like, oh yeah, we're all good over here, you know? Um, and then like slowly, slowly. And the thing is with us, it never got out of control. Mm-hmm. Um, I will give our government credit for that. Like, you know, as much as I hated the lockdown, that we'll give them credit for that. Like it never got out of control. I think the most we ever had was like a thousand cases a day or maybe just over a thousand or, or something like that. Um, minimal lives lost. So, look, man, I just, hopefully it's all behind us now because, I mean, the majority of the population here is vaccinated. I think we're at 90% now.
3: Wow, that's amazing.
2: Yeah, yeah, we're at 90%. So I think now we're going to begin back to some sort of normal life. We're allowed to travel again because we weren't allowed to travel Mm -hmm. for the last 18 months. So, yeah, fingers crossed. (laughs) Uh,
1: You see that, folks? That is our PSA for a functioning government. That's how things work. Right when governments function uh, we well, <laughs>
2: that, we that the we that the they, they get a half decent job. <laughs> I
0: was like, "This is where we going today, Joe? This is where we're going." Well, listen,
2: I'm just you
1: know they they, they handled that pretty well. I mean, better than you know some parts of our government handle it. I'll say that for sure.
2: <laughs> yeah, yeah, Look, I mean, they've done like I said, we've had minimal lives lost. You know, I don't know what the total number of deaths is here, but it's definitely not half a million. You know what I mean? So yeah, yeah, yeah. If done well in that regard, I give him credit there.
1: For sure. All right, Nick, so, I mean, we met at Barclays Center in Brooklyn, so obviously covering the NBA. When did your love of basketball start, and, you know, how did you sort of journey from that love of basketball to, man, i got to be around this all the time, and somehow I find a way to get paid for this?
2: Yeah, You know, it's weird. So I've always been into basketball. Um, so when I was about eight or nine, I had some older cousins, and they were like heavy into it. They were mad basketball fans, played it, went to the local league down here. They took me to a game down here. Um, My team was the North Melbourne Giants. Mm -hmm. Funnily enough, I was into our local league before I knew about the NBA. So I started going to some games down here, and I was like, man, I I really love this. Started playing it at school, like joined um, the Bullying Boomers, which is actually who Kyrie's dad Mm -hmm. used to play for Mm -hmm. when Kyrie, uh, when his dad was out here playing. So I played with that, you know, junior level, and then my cousins were showing me games on TV. And back then, I mean, even till a few—I don't say a few—but the recent times, we weren't getting many NBA games mm-hmm. down here. So back then, it was like especially hard. And they showed me a game, and it was the Bulls. <laughs> now, like, you got to watch this guy. You got to watch this guy. So I was like, oh, this guy looks pretty good. You know what <laughs> I mean? <laughs> The Bulls were, they I believe they hadn't won the first championship yet, right? Because so this is how old I am. So this is around 89. Mm-hmm, yep. And this saw like, the, my love of sneakers. I saw the Jordan Four, the white cements, mm-hmm, right? Yep. And I was like, I saw a kid at my school had them, and I saw that Nike Air, and I was like, yo, I love this. I'm going to go off on a tangent here. I'm sorry. All good. <laughs> and I was like, oh, they're the Jordan, you know what I mean? So I was like all right, so that guy there on TV is wearing these shoes, and so it all kind of tied in for me. Um, I've always just I've loved the game, don't get me wrong, but I've loved the off-court stuff that came with it as well, the figures, the fashion, you know, all that sort of stuff. Um, but back to my love of basketball, so I just started playing, and I was real heavy into it, and I got into the NBA heavy, and we used to have like a highlight show on Saturday mornings here at like 10.30 in the morning, so I used to get up and, and watch that, and try and consume as, as much as I could, but it was hard because basketball wasn't like a big sport down here back then, you know, like you, you wouldn't find, you couldn't just open the paper and find out if the Bulls had mm-hmm. won or the Knicks mm-hmm. or you know, whatever it might be. As I got older, you know, just, I could I always loved it. Like I knew this is like my favorite sport, this is what, you know, I, I my dad was a journalist. So I guess writing has always been in my blood, um, but I wasn't sure that I wanted to do it for a living until like later. Like I knew I wanted to be involved with basketball. I was trashed. So I couldn't play it at a high level. <laughs> it just took me a while to figure out, like, you know, I'm also a qualified personal trainer, right? So I started working as a personal trainer for a little bit. And then I was just like, you know what? I'm not really enjoying this, you know, like this is not what I want to do with my life. This was probably when I was about 20, 25, 26. Um, and then at this by this stage, we had like a basketball magazine down here called Handle Magazine. And I reached out to the editor and I was like, yo, I'm willing to go back to school if I have to, but I want to write. I want to write about basketball. What can I do? And he goes, look, man, just write some articles. And if they're good, we'll publish them. You know, we we'll go from there. So I started writing articles for the, the. Um, he had like an online mm-hmm. uh, website. It wasn't an online magazine, it was just a website to started writing articles for that and he was like look eventually when you get to like a, a good level we'll publish you know in the magazine so i was doing that for a little bit and i was just about to have some articles published in the magazine and the magazine went under mm. right because again you know it's just the money behind it down here in australia there's not enough money for this sort of stuff so the magazine goes under and i was like all right you know what am i going to do now like how how do i because i was reaching out to like anyone i could down here and they were like oh well, Where's your portfolio? You don't have experience. You don't have. And I was like, well, give me the experience. You're right. <laughs> <laughs> How do I get the experience? if You don't give it to me. Exactly.
1: You
2: know? And I couldn't kind of break in, so I was like, well, I've got to create my own lane. You know. Um. So I started my own website. My friend's a graphic designer. We built this thing from scratch, built it up, started covering the the local DNBL league down mm-hmm. here. I was doing that, but while I was doing that. I would come over, so my first time in the U.S. was 2008, all right, and New York, was New York even before I, I went there, I knew I wanted to live there, like I've always been obsessed <laughs> with New York, right, like you know what I mean? New York, hip-hop, like I just grew up on that sort of stuff. So I get there, I'm like, yeah, I want to live in this city one day, so when I started doing this journalism thing, I would fly to America for like a month at a time. La, it was mostly La and, and New York, but I, I traveled to a couple other places. Mostly La and New York, cover as many NBA games mm-hmm. as, as I could, you know, and then come back. And every time mm-hmm. I would come back, I was like, it would be because I'd see how the NBA would do it, mm-hmm. and then I'd see how the NBL would do it. He's <laughs> not a knock on the NBL, yeah. but they don't have the resources yeah. and the budgets and everything yeah. that the NBA does. Um, and I was like, no, nah, I need to be in like the big league. You know, mm-hmm. what I mean, that's where mm-hmm. I need to be. So it took me a couple of years, like. I went to America 2009, uh, 2010, twice in 2011. And then I was like, yo, just, I need to go to New York. And I got myself a visa. And then 2012, I moved over to New York, um, you know, and just started covering the Nets. i mean, the league as a whole, but mm-hmm. I in, as you know, based mm-hmm. in New York, we go to mainly the Nets games. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, and then like I was just freelancing for a few places, you know, the hustle, just mm-hmm. trying to get it, you know, make it. And then 2016, I, I think it was 2016, yes, yeah, September 2016, when Ben Simmons
3: mm-hmm.
2: was uh, it was meant to be his rookie season, but mm-hmm. he ended up getting injured, and that's when I started with ESPN. Um, and then I was with ESPN for three and a bit years, and, and then, uh, you know, I didn't lose my job, but it was just the result of some budget cuts because mm-hmm. I used to host a show for them, um, like a social style show, talking yep. about sneakers, NBA, mm-hmm. all that sort of stuff. So. They kind of acted due to budget cuts. Um, and then I was like, all right, let me just chill out in Australia for a bit. Because I was actually back here when it happened. Um, I was visiting family and I was meant to come back to New York. And I was like, oh, let me just chill here for a little bit. Um, and then COVID hit and <laughs> your boy's still here. <laughs> yeah, you've, been, you've been there ever since. <laughs> so wild. Yeah, it was crazy. Crazy time.
1: No, but that, that that's, I mean, that's the story though, Nick, right? Like for so many people, because like you said, like it's, I need the experience, but you're not giving me the experience. But what did you do there? All right, I'm going to start my own thing then, right? Like that's, if you really want to do something and people are saying no, you have to find a way to, well, then I'm saying yes, fine. You say no, forget you. I'm going to do it somehow because this I know is what I'm meant to do.
2: All facts. I mean, the funny thing is, I dropped out of a writing course, right, that I was doing um, after I finished high school. And I did it for a little bit. And like I said, because my dad was a journalist, like, I, I kind of grew up around this as well, right? So, and I've always been good at writing. I'm like, I couldn't add up three plus three, but I could write you <laughs> a thousand words like that. So, I was always good at it, but I dropped out of this course because I was just like, I knew you had to get through the easy stuff or the, the simple stuff to get to the good stuff. Mm-hmm. But I was just like sitting in class and I'm like, man, I know all this, I know all this. And I dropped out, right? And funnily enough, when I got back, a professor or a teacher, I don't know what they're called, I don't want to get anyone <laughs> outside, <laughs> hits me up and he's like, "Yo, I'm, I'm from Homes Glen Institute. He goes, I, I do a sports writing course there. He goes, can you speak to my class? Like, I want you to speak to... And I was like, oh. I go, man, this is like, the the world is funny, you know what I mean? I go, because funnily enough, I think I dropped out of this very class. <laughs> um, and then I was like, I, I go, listen, you, I don't want to lie to these kids. Like, I need to tell them that I dropped out. I don't want to... Sit up here and mm-hmm. you know tell them like nah whatever and he goes nah man They're like tell them um, and he goes we want you to show we goes we want you to show them that there's other ways possible like we don't we're not telling you to tell them to drop out <laughs> right but to let them know <laughs> that there's other ways and other you know mm-hmm. paths to get mm-hmm. to your mm-hmm. ultimate goal mm-hmm. um, and I ended up doing that talking to that class you know I spoke to him for like an hour or so um, and one of the guys was like oh, so do you recommend I drop out of class? And I was like, oh, <laughs> shit. oh man, I wish he hadn't asked me that. You're <laughs> like,
1: yeah, no, not what I want to talk about. <laughs>
2: I don't. Yeah, you will not I, get your money I, back if you do. <laughs> you know, I, I was kind of like wanting to tell him, look, man, in this day and age, and I'm sure you guys know this very well from first experience, first hand experience too, right? I think it's easier to create your own path rather than to go and, University in America is much more expensive than it is down here. Damn and right. you're going to 200 grand, 300, I don't know what they uh, cost over there, on something that you could do without that. Like, I feel like a, a diploma, yes, it helps. And it, it's going to open some doors. But if you're willing to put in the hard work and do it your way, you don't really need that.
1: Yeah, so I think that the interesting thing there, Nick, and I love that you brought this up, you're right, like, yeah... The diploma is important, gives you a foundation. If you can do it and not be in debt when you get out of it, great. I encourage you to do that. But if you're going to carry 200 grand plus of debt, you got to really think about it. Because ultimately, it's about how much work you're willing to put in. Because people are going to say no when you get out of college with a degree. They're going to be like, oh, you don't have any experience. No kidding, I don't have any experience, right? Because I've been in college for the last four years, right? It is literally about, and if you're going to go the route of, okay, I'm going to create on my own. It's about the grind and the hustle. Like it's literally like you cannot stop. Like weeks off doing lord knows what, fooling around, watching Netflix. Not the answer, my friends. Like if you're gonna do it, you gotta really be about it and do it. You spend your own money, you know, right? Like we'll be on Amtrak, taking trains to Philly to go see whoever catch this playoff game. Right. This is if you want to do this, this is what you gotta do. Find
0: a way to make it work. It's like it's like an athlete in a way, right? You're getting in those reps. You're practicing. You're finding your own path. All of a sudden, you end up at the New York Knicks, you know? (laughs)
2: 100%. It's true. It's true. Like, everyone saw me, like, towards the end, obviously, with ESPN, Mm -hmm. right? And they didn't see all the work that I did before that. They just saw, you know, Nick Medellino's ESPN, and they thought it was easy. Like, I think I spoke about this with Dex and Brian Mm -hmm. on their podcast, Mm -hmm. um, with Scotto and Mm -hmm. a couple of the boys that come along. And I was like, man, people don't see that hard work that goes into getting towards ESPN. Yep. Like, like you said, I was paying my own way to Philadelphia to go yep. interview players over there on the um, on the Greyhound. Then <laughs> Port Authority at two in the morning is not a pretty place. Mm, <laughs> certainly <laughs> not.
3: <laughs>
2: <laughs> you know, no one saw that. They just saw me. Hey, with ESPN, we're flying. We're doing this. We're right and like, mm-hmm. oh, you're living hard. And I'm like, man, you know, I, I paid my dues to get here.
1: Yeah. Gotta grind. And that's, that's the thing. And I always, we always say that to people when guests come on. They love, they look at the Instagram and see the final product. And I'm like, yep, that's fun. And we want it's you to a enjoy that. Reel. That's, yeah. but that is the highlight reel. Like it's, mm-hmm. you know, why does Kevin Durant shoot 67% from the mid range? Cause he shoots a billion jumpers in his lifetime. That's why the countless millions of hours of work. That's why you can do it when the lights are on. Like, and that's, 100%. that's the stuff that the hard work that no one wants to talk about or do, but that's what gets you ready for this.
0: Yeah, and I think it's also – it's it's the different paths, right? That's the one thing that I think is consistent about the people that we have on that really follow their dreams, right? It's like no one is like, oh, yeah, everybody said yes to me when I was going to try
3: this out. <laughs> um,
0: and it's like finding your own lane and kind of creating that path for you. But I know I, – I mean, Gerard knows I talk all about New York basketball all the time. But <laughs> um, talk more about how you fell in love with the Knicks in that time. I mean, it's a special – the Garden's a special place, as people know, but, like, what was it about the Knicks that really drew you in?
2: It wasn't so much about the the Knicks initially. I mean, it was more Michael Jordan, right? Because when I first started watching NBA, it was Michael Jordan, Michael Jordan. So I was I was probably more of a Bulls fan, right? And then the team that I fell in love with, with the Knicks, was the 90s. I'm going to get my years mixed up. Maybe you guys can help me. It was, remember the year that they were up 2-0 on the Bulls? Mm-hmm. And I think it was the second round. Mm-hmm. Of the yeah, playoffs? yeah, they ended yeah. Up in that. Right. Mm-hmm. But when they went like that, was the year I was like, you know what? I like the Knicks, right? And it was more to do with my love of New York, even though I okay. young kid, I still had never been there. <laughs> but I was just obsessed with New York City. And look, I'm gonna be completely real with you. I'm not like a diehard Knicks fan, like a lot of people, right? I've gone through phases where I've hated them, right? In particular that makes Knicks you was, a
0: diehard man <laughs> fan. <who's laughs> I was just to say, we accept
2: you. <laughs> okay, 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 cool, cool. Because it was, so remember the year that the Knicks won 54 games in 20, that was my first year in New York, right? Mm-hmm. And I was like, sometimes I was in the press box and I was like cheering, you know what I mean? Like speaking, Melo was knocking down the three. The, 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 the Melo year, yeah. Like that, mm-hmm. that was, I was, was a fun team, right? You were going three like, to the
1: dome as you, as you, as you walked out the... <laughs> three to the dome,
2: I was like... <laughs> I was in the press box. I was like, oh no cheering, no cheering in the press box. <laughs> <laughs> no cheering in the press box. And then the year after they won, I think, 33, 37 games. And I believe it was the year after that they won seventeen games, right? And that was when I was like, because I was at the garden night in, night out, and right, you see the the curtain. Yeah. Like little, mm-hmm. And and I was like, yo, this is so, uh, the year that they won seventeen games, and for a period there, I was just like, ah, like you know, I'm a Lakers fan, like I'm a <laughs> you know, I, you know, like LeBron, right? So I was like, oh, you know, I want you know LeBron to be here, or whatever. So, but I'm I'm back with with New York, like, and it's not jumping on a bandwagon or anything like that. Like I said, for the most part of my life, they've been the team that I've supported. You know, it it was more to do with the city than anything else yeah. in the beginning, mm-hmm. um, but I did love. Like there is a part of me that does miss those games that were like seventy four to seventy seven. It's a grudge match back. to even get to
1: a, a, yeah. a rock mm-hmm. fight. Those 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 games that set the offensive game of basketball back twenty years. <laughs> brick versus brick.
3: Yeah.
1: <laughs> I, I <miss> <laughs> all right let's 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 get into sneakers a little bit man you, you talked about how when you saw the jordan fours you were like yo what are these so okay i assume you found a way to get a pair of those Wh- no so what no. was no you didn't uh, okay <laughs> uh, so
2: there was the it was 89 so the jordan four white cement nike air on the back and i remember telling my mom i said this is what i want all right and she goes to me, I don't know, for whatever reason, right? she thought, we'll get them from Greece. They'll be cheaper in Greece. I don't know why she thought Greece would have the latest Jordan 4s back then, right? But we never got them from Greece, right? So the next year, the Jordan 5 comes out, the black with the metallic tongue. And I was like, that's the one, right? Now, I've mentioned my dad a couple of times. My dad was like a deadbeat father, right? So he was basically never in my life, you know, just a few instances here and there. Here's one time, I asked him to get me those Jordan 5s, right? And we go down to the shops and they had them there. And I can't remember the exact price because it's just so long ago, right? But he was like, they're, they're too expensive. But look, fair enough. They probably were back, especially back then, right? Because mm-hmm. they're too expensive. This is the one thing that sticks out in my mind. And this is the one thing I remember. He bought me Reebok pumps, right? Which I should not be complaining about. <laughs> he bought me Reebok pumps. The, the Twilight Zone ones, you know, the really high ones?
0: Mm-hmm.
2: he bought me those which were like 15 or $20 cheaper than the Jordans. And I'm like, why didn't you just get me the Jordans <laughs> that I wanted? Right? <laughs> so I didn't even end up with those Jordans. I got the, the Reebok pumps. My first ever Jordans that I ever bought or I was given by my mom were the Jordan 7 Barcelonas when they Ooh, came out. yeah Like I said, I was raised by a single mom, so i got like one pair of shoes and they had to last me for the whole eight, year
0: until you change your shoes. Yeah. Whatever,
2: whatever it may be. So I beat the hell out of those. <laughs> um, and then as I got a little bit older, um, I remember I had the the Jordan three Retros in 94, which was I think the first year that they retro mm-hmm. Jordan. I had those with the Nike air on the back, beat them up, wore them to school every day for like a year. <laughs> as I got older, um, I didn't get the Jordan 4s when they retroed them in 99, but I did get the Jordan 5. I actually only just recently threw those out because they completely disintegrated, (laughs) but I had them for like 20, 21 years almost. (laughs) When I got older, I started, I was like, all right, I got my own money. I'm going to start buying everything that, you know, Mm -hmm. which is a similar story to pretty much everybody. Mm So, 2012, they re released the Jordan 4s, white cement, had the Jumpman logo on the back, but I was like, you know what? I'm buying this because yeah. it's the Jordan 4 and yeah. it's what I wanted. You remember those retros from that era. They were not good, right? That <laughs> leather quality was like cardboard. It was, just, <laughs> it was just a terribly made shoe. And I wore them, I think, twice, and I got rid of them, right? And I got rid of them because I knew eventually they were going to re-release the Nike Air on mm-hmm. the back. 2016 comes around. They come out with a Nike Air on the back. I didn't get them. I, they sold out. <laughs> you know what oh, I mean? I yeah. right? And the resale on those is just ridiculous. Like They're going for right now in Australia and close to 800 bucks, right? Oh. Uh, that,
1: that's
2: about oh. 600 US, I think, something mm-hmm, like that. Yeah, that sounds about right. Like, yeah, so it's about 600 US, 650, something like that. And I just refuse to pay extortion prices well said. So i like that extortion i did get them again but i don't have them again if that makes
1: sense <laughs> no well said so I, I i take it you went there let's talk about the resale market i'm sure you, you don't love it i mean obviously with digital it makes it you can be wherever you are in the world what's it like though so how do you feel about that piece of it the digital and then what's it like on the ground in australia in the secondary market right can you find rare parties. I was like nah same thing here it's gonna cost you a ton of money
2: yeah basically it's, uh, we'll start with that one first like especially over the last few years more and more consignment stores have been popping up mm-hmm. down here um but yo know, some of these guys are just out of touch with what is actually happening like i yeah. can't remember there was a pair i was looking at recently right and stock eggs had them for like 300 australian
3: mm-hmm.
2: and this, this, not just one, like a lot of these consignment stores were selling them for like four fifty,
3: mm. and I'm like, <laughs> no, no, dude, I'm like, <laughs> what,
2: why would I even come here when Spock X is selling it for one hundred fifty dollars? Like, you can't tell me it's because you your overheads or whatever right. it is. It's, it's you're preying on people that like I'm don't not going to pay that better. Mm-hmm. You know, they're preying on people that don't know any better, like yep. a, a young kid going to go tell his mom, man, I really want these. I saw him in a store. Mm -hmm. She doesn't know about or goat or, you know, whatever it is. got to go to the store and buy these kids $400 sneakers you can get for cheaper. Um, As far as the resale, you know, thing, like, it is what it is, right? Like, we can't really do anything about it. Like, I've kind of, don't get me wrong, I've paid resale maybe, I want to say, five, six times in my life, right? Three of those were probably over retail because I think the other three pairs I got them for under. Uh, So, yeah, technically it wasn't even resale prices. I got them on the resale market, but for Mm -hmm. under retail. Mm -hmm. Um, And I've kind of like set myself a limit. I'm like five to 600 Australian, which is about 380, 400 Mm -hmm. American. Like that is the absolute most I will pay. And it's got to be for something Mm -hmm. that I really, 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 really (laughs) Otherwise, yeah. I'm good. Yeah, yeah. Like the most I've paid, I'm going to pull them out now. The most I've paid on a resale was for these. Oh, I love. <laughs> it's your, it's your so I wear I, those
0: for Knicks auditions every year. <laughs> that's one of my favorite sneakers. Yeah,
2: that's why you keep getting the job. <laughs> <laughs> that's correct. That's exactly true. <laughs> <laughs> I paid, I paid five fifty Australian for these. Mm. Worth it. Right. and I, I think I bought it in twenty. I, it was about a year or so after they came out. It was a 2017 release. So it's about a year or so after they came out. I still haven't worn them.
3: <laughs> I said,
0: they I look, look like they're, they look in a lot better condition than mine, that's for sure.
2: Yeah. <laughs> I don't mind one beat up, though. Yeah,
3: no,
0: it's not bad. But it, it's tough, though, to your point. Like, it's like you really have to shop around the resale markets, right? Because if StockX is cheaper, I mean, a lot of places up in New York use StockX as kind of that gold mm-hmm. standard. So Gerard knows I was looking for a pair of Wave Runners, one of my grails that I love, and I found them $150 cheaper on eBay. Yeah. And I was like, how could I not? But it's true. A lot of people don't know, and then their consumers don't know. So they just keep buying all these sneakers and perpetuating this resale culture.
1: The the, the prices exist because somebody pays them, right? Someone out there is paying them. That's why they have them.
2: That's exactly right. Like something's only worth what someone's willing to pay for it, right? And it's the same thing. In, we're going to go back to an NBA example right now. Philadelphia 76ers are holding out because they're, they're wanting, you know, to get half the NBA All-Stars back in <laughs> right. for Ben Simmons. And it's like, buddy, Daryl Morey, if those losses are not coming in, like what are you holding out for? You know what I mean? If they're not willing to pay that price, then he's not worth that price. You know, Ben Simmons is an amazing NBA player, but if all you can get back is De'Aaron Fox and Buddy Heald, Buddy, you're going to have to take that. Maybe you take that.
1: But listen, Nick, Daryl said this is going to go on four years if it has to. I'm fine waiting four years.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Oh, yeah. him anyway.
1: I anyway I was gonna say i I Why? can't imagine uh Josh Harris is gonna wait four years for that he's gonna tell Darrell, look buddy uh yeah. you gotta we gotta move on from this this situation here <laughs> well we're here NBA what you know because you know we gotta do it since we're we're, we're here on the show what are you liking so far that you're seeing early trends we're about we're getting to that 20 game mark and for me like I'm sure hmm. for you 20 games is when I can start being like okay here are trends that I think can hold up because usually for the 20 game mark barring some injury or some major thing happening. This is about what your team's going to be, right? Portrait it out for 82 games.
2: (laughs) Yeah, well, I'll tell you what, the team that has surprised me is actually the Warriors, to be honest. I did not think that, look, they've had an Mm easy-ish schedule up until now, but it's not even, I mean, you can only beat who's in front of you, Mm -hmm. right? And they've done it very, very impressively. Mm -hmm. Um, And they've got no clay. Look, we don't even know what Clay's going to be like when he gets back, because he's had two major injuries, mm-hmm. hasn't played ball for like two years. So we not even know what kind of player he's going to be when he gets back. They've looked good. Um, I was never convinced on the Lakers. And I think the Lakers are pretty much what I expected them to be. They're going to be, I think maybe just over a 500 team at the end of the season. Um, mm-hmm. There's a lot of chemistry issues on that team. And, you know, they've got Russell Westbrick who is a killer. I like that. <laughs> I'm not I think you did there. I'm not a fan Gabby of him at all. Like at all. But <laughs> so,
3: I love it. You're gonna get a lot of
2: you're to get a That's lot of good. Westbrick hate on from me. <laughs> um, so you know, I was I was never convinced on the Lakers. Um, You know, Warriors and Jazz are looking good Mm -hmm, out West. mm -hmm, Uh, mm -hmm. I don't think Denver's got what it takes Well, and
1: and now with Denver, Michael Porter Jr. might be out for the whole season now, nerve issue in the back, which that's, they already don't have Jamal Murray, so.
2: Yep. So that's going to be tough. You know, I mean, Phoenix is scorching, Mm -hmm, and and I was looking at last year, and I was like, oh, like last year was kind of like the perfect storm for them. You know, the Lakers had these injuries. Mm -hmm. They ended up beating them in the first round. They just kind of opened up, you know, Mm -hmm. the path of the take. The finals, but you know what? It's kind of looking like the perfect like storm. Going to... Look, it's still early mm-hmm. you know, to sort of mm-hmm. make a definitive statement on that, but they're looking good out in the east. You know, I said this on my show yesterday. I'm going to stick with it. If Milwaukee is healthy and they look like they're getting back into some health now, mm-hmm. Milton's back, through Holiday's being back, I still like them to come out of the east, and I still like them to win that title because my guy Yana is. <laughs> he... I'm. I'm saying it right
1: now, the best player in the world. Wow, you heard it here, folks. Nick Medellino shouting out his fellow Greek brother, (laughs) Giannis (laughs) Antetokounmpo. See that? People are like, like, Gerard, what do you mean Nick is Greek? I'm like, yeah, yeah, yeah. He is an Australian (laughs) national of Greek descent. Come on, people. And a Knicks fan. And a Knicks fan. (laughs)
3: fan.
1: (laughs) By the way, Nick, this is something that always bugs me about Americans. Oh, boy. No, no, it's that thing where Americans, people born in literally the United States, whose parents were also born in the United States, called themselves Greek or German or Irish or whatever. I'm like, but you're not. I'm like,
0: you are American. I was like,
1: you are from the United States. I was like, you may have Greek, Irish, Italian ancestry,
2: but you are not actually,
1: yeah. That's, that, you're not that.
2: I'm like, you're just not. Yeah. <laughs> it's funny. Like, I My sister's got three kids, right? They're nine, seven, and, and five. And my sister's husband is Lebanese, right? So they've got, you know, mixed mm-hmm. heritage. But I tease him. I'm like, man, you got a little Aussie. I go, you little Aussie. <laughs> Arabic. I got you were born in Australia. I go, you little Aussie. He's like, what are you? I'm like, no, I'm Greek. I go, yes, I'm, I'm Greek. Greek. <laughs>
3: Goes, you
0: can't
2: tell boy? by my accent that I'm Greek? <laughs> <laughs> I got that once in America, actually, Gabby. I was talking, and I can't remember the conversation. So obviously she heard my my accent. And I think in the, in the conversation somewhere, I was like, yeah, I'm um, you know, Greek. And she looked at me, and she goes, wait, you're Greek and Australian? <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, uh, like a year mm. a half Italian Americans, I go,
1: it's the same <laughs> <Yeah>. thing. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, it's it's it's, it's one of it's, it's one of my jams, yeah. man. I just I'm like people, you gotta like understand like you know nationality, right? Like the the nation where you were born versus like what your actual cultural heritage is, right? There's some differences there, yeah.
2: subtle differences. <laughs> if, you're being, if you're being like you know you know like you said, it's a few generations that have been in a country, mm-hmm. you know what I mean. Like, you're yeah, American. I, I, like, <laughs> <laughs> my, my parents were, you know, we they all came here in the mid '70s, so I'm first generation. Yes, you know, so that's why I've, I've still got more of a tie to. Correct. We grew up, we grew up speaking Greek. We grew of up course. in a Greek. Oh. Of now, course, I'll, I'll, makes one hundred percent
1: sense.
2: Every couple of years, so you know, I, but whereas, like I said, my my sister's kids, <laughs> they're not going to grow up speaking Greek. They're not going to. It's right. going to be different for them, and yeah. then obviously their kids, uh, and then they're just going to be little
1: australian Go <laughs> 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 more more little aussies nick this is dope man but everybody stay tuned because coming up next is america's favorite segment shoe intel presented by another lane listen y'all know how much we love it Ad- G- uh, Ad- uh, i came talk adina and chad uh but you know <laughs> listen stay tuned because i know nick's got some special heat he already showed you guys a little quick preview i know there'll be some more good stuff coming up so stay tuned what's up y'all we are back and You know what time it is. America's favorite segment, Shoe and Tell, presented by Another Lane. Guys, Adina Jones, Chad Jones, husband and wife, listen, they are doing the damn thing over there. Nick, I know you know those guys. Like, listen, if you don't know Sneaker Galactus, I mean, can you really even call yourself someone in the sneaker game if you don't know who that is? Nah. (laughs) Uh, You cannot. I mean.
2: Nah, shout out to to Chad and Adina. They're doing great things with Another Lane. Um, Yeah, I've known them for a few years and great people. Um uh, so I always want to see great people do great things.
1: See, we love it. We love when when they get love for the sponsors here. Yes,
2: right. Awesome. Nick, and I will not even charge for that. That is have
1: See, and I know I know they're watching too. So this is a free one for y'all. So make sure you uh, you know note that down in our in our agreement. <laughs> Nick, listen. <laughs> shoe and Tell is your is your show, my friend. So you take it away.
2: All right. Um well, I had to bring these out, right, because we spoke about the Jordan 4s, and I never really got the Jordan 4 uh, white cement, but I have got... These the right classic. Here.
1: I mean, those are just yeah, so clean, and, and man.
2: I, and I love the... I've actually got the Fire Reds as well with the Nike Air on the back. It's um, my Spritz. Anything that's got... Like Jordan 4s, it's got Nike Air on the back. Sign me up, like as long as I can get them. Like I really love the, um, I love the Union collab. I think mm-hmm. they've done great mm-hmm. things with that one there. But man, those prices as well are just ridiculous really mm-hmm.
1: and so, almost super yeah, and super hard to true. get. So there's <laughs> also that.
2: Yeah, like yeah, I've, I've kind of given up on that one there. So any, any Jordan four though with a, with the Nike Air on the back, sign me up. I'm going to be in for that. Um, and then I've already showed you the one. So I'm not like a real huge Air Force guy, but I anything I love, as we've said, I love New York City. So mm-hmm. anything that I see that's got like a, a connection to New York City, I'm gonna get. Oh I got the NY, yeah, NY, yep. Forces got the little Dykeman thing oh, on I mean, yeah. there. Yep. Shout to Dykeman. Stevens, <laughs> Um, I mean, can you call is, yourself
1: a New York a New York Hooper or a New York Hoop scene and never been to Dykeman? Like, come on. You got to
2: get nope. up to Dykeman. <laughs> uh, if you haven't played a Dykeman, you haven't played. You haven't played. <laughs> and then I've also got the Kiss NYC. Ooh, yeah. Nice. I need to get the Dipset ones that came out. Um, Dipset? Yeah. <laughs> Was it earlier this year or I've lost track of days. Yeah, it was during
0: the pandemic. I remember. I was like and sitting at my work computer getting blocked with the cookies. <laughs> and I was like, it's in my cart. <laughs> it's
3: awful.
2: You but know what happened? Funnily, funnily enough, I was trying to order them off the Keith website, right? And I have ordered stuff off Keith as well and, and they shipped to Australia. And I'm ordering it because all my details were in there. And I had the shoes, um, the sweater, and, and I think one of the, pair of the track pants in there, right? And it wouldn't go through, it kept saying no, and I'm like, yo, going. I thought my card was blocked, I thought something was wrong, <laughs> but it wouldn't do it. And after about three, four times of that, I realized what the issue was. It's a Nike product. So Nike does not that uh, does not allow that to ship outside of the market that it's intended for, right? So I was, and mind you, the drop was at like three in the morning here. So it's three in the morning, I'm in bed with the lights off and my phone, just like trying to, <laughs> you know, like, I'm going to get this and i was like oh i've got an idea because i know my ex-girlfriend's address off my heart right oh, my ex as well gabby actually so i was like i know her address off my heart so i was like i'm just going to put her address in and get a ship there and then i'll deal with her later, I'll with her later. <laughs> I like, oops sorry
0: about that didn't
2: mean to do I, that I this. the shoes had sold out and the track pants had sold out the crew neck was still available, which is what I actually got. I got it shipped to her place. So, yeah, it was last December. That's right. It was last December mm-hmm. because I only just got that crew neck last week. <laughs> <laughs> I
0: was going I have that was all I was able to get, too, is the crew neck. But I feel like the crew neck is an underrated piece. Oh, yeah,
2: it's actually I'm my favorite piece out of yeah. all of them right now. I love it. Um, but yeah. So I got those forces. Anything that's NY related, like I got the the 98s that were the um, mm-hmm. La Mescla mm-hmm. ones. Um, I forgot the, the designer's name, the girl from New York that designed mm-hmm. those. I got those. I got the Air ninety eight that were designed by the creative director from uh, was it Nordstrom? Kim. Mm-hmm. Not, um, it was. The, it was inspired by NYC um, dance hall, mm-hmm. uh, like Jamaican mm-hmm. dance halls. I've got those as well. So, anything that's like fire like mm-hmm. related, I, I'm going to try and, and cop. So, I got those neat Dipset set forces um, um, and I got these. So, a good friend of mine actually gave me the oop on these, right? And I was, look, you can't sell them if somebody's given them to you, right? <laughs> okay. I always say give them to me. He, he gave them yeah. to me instead of for retail. So I can't sell them. I didn't want to sell them because I love this shoe, but also it's worth <laughs> a lot. And you're like, ah <laughs> Like, yeah. no,
0: don't sell that yet. Sit on that no, one. Right right. Nah. On
1: you gotta. Yeah, I mean, that's if
0: it's good enough for Anthony Davis to wear at his wedding. They that's, are good that's enough. True. To wear yeah. That's
1: true. That's true.
2: That's true. I'm gonna beat the shit out of these, and anyone that wants to look at me <laughs> and be like, uh, how much these are uh, worth? I'm gonna be like, yeah, exactly.
1: <laughs> <laughs> We're we're, we're we're big fans of wearing the kicks. Wear your kicks out here. That's that's what we say. What's
2: the point of having them? It's like having a Ferrari and keeping it in the garage.
1: Got to drive that thing, man. Like, what's the point?
2: Got to drive that thing. <laughs> that's what they're made for. So that's pretty much my rotation um, over the last week and a bit. You know, a couple of Air Forces. I love it. I was it. wearing the other day, and then it started raining. So I was like, ooh, got to get out of the rain. <laughs>
1: you, you you mentioned that you mentioned the, uh, the the Dipset collab. Um, so, I mean would you say dip set is like was that like for you a thing like you're like no i'm i'm all the way Ian.
2: not a dip set <laughs> i'm like dip set yeah, yeah, yeah so one of my boys um he's like my brother uh Corey homicide williams famous streetball player from new york um so he's out here i've known him for like years he was hooping out here when i first met him back in like 2010 and obviously every time he comes back home to new york we hang out like like that's like my brother um, so he he commentates for the local league down mm. here. So at the end of the season, he goes back to New York and his birthday is in August. So I can't remember the exact date, but it was the his birthday was the day before the Dipset show, right? <laughs> so he goes back to New York and I was like messaging I'm like, yo, I'm like I'm jealous, man. Just the fact that you're back in New York, you know, because I was just missing being over there. Very next day. He's backstage at Madison Square Garden at the Versus with uh, the, the Locks. locks. Mm-hmm. so insane. So Corey knows Jim Jones. He knows Cam. Okay, okay. Um, I, I don't know if he knows the, the Locks guys, but he's definitely okay. good with, you know, Jim Jones and Cam. Yeah, so, so I'll watching his IG stories from backstage. <laughs> I'm like, oh, oh, oh. I, yeah, I'm going to have to block you, you, you. <laughs> everything. I can't see you, <laughs>
1: So the 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 washing that Dipset took at the hands of, of the locks did not deter you oh. from from <laughs> your love of Dipset. You
3: know what?
2: because
1: like, <laughs> they got washed. Oh, yeah.
2: They got washed. Oh, they got washed. Was, they got. I'm a fan of the locks, but I was never heavy into the locks mm-hmm. as a group. More like uh, Jada. You like Jada Kiss? Like Jada, yeah. yeah. I like Jada, and and I've got a couple of styles, mm-hmm, you know, mm-hmm. joints on my iTunes or my music library mm-hmm. and all that sort of stuff. But I was never a fan of the lock. It was always more dip mm-hmm. And I think because dip set was a movement.
3: Mm-hmm. You know mm-hmm.
2: what I mean? Like mm-hmm. They were like a movement. Um, and I've always just loved, I was never a huge, huge fan of Joel's. Individually, like his mm-hmm. music, but Jim and- Cam? and Cam, of course, big fan. Yeah, big, big fan.
1: <laughs> that's awesome. But yeah, they
2: got one. They got
1: one. <laughs> <laughs> that that to me was like Dipset were the kids who didn't go to class all year in college and just showed up for the yeah. final and were like, "Yo, yeah, we just gonna wing this thing." And I'm like, "Um, I don't know what's gonna that's work really out so works. well for you." Yeah. <laughs> that's
2: a great analogy, actually, because that's what it that felt is. like. That was just like, "Yeah, you're gonna, you know." All <laughs> into this, and we're just gonna like. I love that they were talking smack before that, you know. Uh, that like, especially, I was watching Jim Jones' IG, and he's like, Yeah, we're gonna smoke the locks pack, and you know, all that sort of stuff. And I was like, Oh, it's getting spicy. They're I like ready. it. Yeah. You
1: know what I'm no, it was great, man. actual verses
2: were just like, Not ready. I
1: was like, Yeah, you were not uh, ready because the nope. locks. See, the, when I knew it was over, when I saw Jada come out, I was like, Oh, he got his Tim's on with his shorts, over. I yeah. was like, it's not I was like, was like,
3: rap!
2: <laughs>
1: <laughs> Y'all got no chance tonight. <laughs> Nick, this was, it was good, awesome. It was
2: good to see New York put on. Like, yes. You know what I mean? Just it was great. I love like, the music industry, so that was just great to see. I mean,
1: Versus is just awesome. What a what a great what a great creation that was. And that yeah, night, particularly, awesome. was awesome for New York. And it, it, was, it was just nice to see. But, Nick, man, this was dope, bro. I, I really enjoyed catching up with you, seeing you. It's been, Definitely. obviously... It's been, it's been it's been a couple years man hopefully you'll be back in New York soon hopefully I can get myself down to Australia soon that's a continent Ooh. that's on the list gotta gotta right, gotta get it K&S on
3: there
2: the road. s on the road, on the road. Hey, <laughs> my friend hey, in the Australian please, streets great idea you guys come down you're, you're more than welcome <laughs> you've always got a place to stay as long as I'm down here as well see that and we could do, do the sneaker tour in Melbourne
1: uh, n- uh, now, now we're talking
2: Malvern.
0: let me dust off my global
2: entry there go.
1: <laughs> tell the uh, <laughs> tell the people where they can find you Nick <clears throat>
2: Uh, you can find me on Twitter at Nick Maddalino. uh same IG, um, host Little Birdie. I mean, host the Last Shot on Little Birdie TV on YouTube, uh, Mondays, Wednesdays, and Fridays, which would be Sunday, Tuesday, and Thursday. <laughs> um, and I do some work with uh, NBA Australia now. So, but you know, I don't think people in America can log on to the Australian NBA site. So. <laughs>
1: But I think yeah. some of your some of your stuff over NBA you because the Sporting News owns it, comes out on the Sporting News stuff here. So,
2: yeah, yeah. yeah.
1: So that works, my man. Listen, we appreciate it. It was dope, having you?
2: Mm-hmm. Super dope. Uh, I had a ball, guys. Like, I can get here and talk to you guys forever. <laughs> yeah.
1: We love it. And oh, you're okay. welcome back anytime. And, folks, that's another episode. Y'all know where to find us. We are, of course, part of that Count the Dings family. We're on that bomb network. So you'll find us with the original bomb show. You'll find us with Woke Bros, uh, Machiavellian Fucks, which is their succession podcast. You'll find us uh with Grown Up The Same, Rap Names. I mean, we're out here. It's a wonderful network. Make sure you're following it. And, of course, we are on all social media platforms at Kicks and Shit Show. Everyone have an awesome Thanksgiving, all that. We will see you guys soon. Peace.